You're listening to the Grace Through Faith weekly podcast. For more information, go to mygtf.org. We hope you enjoy. Morning. Some good time in worship, wasn't it? I don't know um, the the difference. I, I do know the difference, but it's like there's there's something that God's doing in, in in the midst of. I don't think it's just us this morning. There's something that's happening in the church, um, and it's quite frankly predictable um, that whenever things begin to shift and happen in culture and in politics, the church is the light of the world. I mean, I hope you believe that because that's literally what Jesus said, that you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. And so whenever the world is looking for answers, there's no greater moment than for the church to stand up like, I was, like we were just praying and allow our voice to be heard. And so I hope in this moment you do find your voice um, in Christ. And so um, I do want to just kind of just tell you a little bit about Deeper and why we're doing Deeper. If you've been a part of those services, we've done that for two years. This is our third year to do Deeper. And it's just a time at the beginning of the year. This is kind of the vision behind it. Um, before we start fully start our midweek ministries back, so our youth ministries, our groups ministries, all those different things that we do on Wednesdays and all throughout the week, but specifically for student ministries on Wednesday nights, um, we want to just take a time as a church to come together. And I know that we're still um, kind of doing some social distancing things, and many people are still watching online, and so that will be online as well. But I want to invite you as the church to come and be with us on Wednesday night at 6.30. Um, I have a, a really important message that I'm going to be giving on Wednesday night talking about what God's doing in this moment. And, and I just really, uh, everything that I just said to you, I, I believe to, my, to the tip of my toes, is that we are in a new era And God is asking us, he's challenging the church to be fully engaged. And one of the things that I think that that we're going to touch on on Wednesday night is, what does that look like? If you're going to be a fully engaged disciple of Jesus Christ in this moment, what is God asking of you? And it's not really daunting, it's not really something that's revolutionary, but God is asking in this moment for his church to be fully engaged. And so we're going to talk about what that looks like, okay? And so uh, we're going to do that on Wednesday night. I hope you can come be a part of it. Tune in online if you're not able to come be with us in person or be here. We'll begin service at 6.30. Children's ministry will be happening for kindergarten through third. Birth through third grade. I knew you said that wrong. Birth through third grade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the little babies can come too. Uh, to... <laughs> All right, if you have your Bibles, if you'll open those up to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to continue in the series that I started last week titled Press On. And as I kind of get into this series of messages, I just, as we start a new year, I feel like there's a burden that we need to lay down. And so last week we talked about burdens and what it is that God is asking us to carry. And there's some things that we're not supposed to carry. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you because it's easy and it's light. And whenever you begin to become stressed and and overwhelmed and full of anxiety, more times than not, it's because you're carrying something that you're not supposed to carry. And so I want us to, as as crazy as last year was, it doesn't look like this year is going to be any less crazy, honestly. We're going to need to get this down of how we're going to walk as the people of God, full of joy and full of peace and full of life. And if you're going to do that, you're going to have to lay down some burdens that you weren't meant to carry. And so last week I talked to you about two burdens that you are forbidden, that you're not supposed to carry according to Jesus. And that one of them is the the burden of the future. Jesus literally says in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry about tomorrow. 
Today has enough trouble in its own. Now, that's not a a knock against setting goals and looking to the future or any of those things. But whenever you begin to pick up a a worry or a burden of anxiety about where this is all going to go tomorrow or where your provision is going to come from or all of those different things that we do on a regular basis, understand that's not yours to carry, that's God's. He also says that we're not supposed to carry the burden of the past. That's what the cross is all about. I would say this to you, is that if you try to carry the burden of your past, every single one of us has sinned. Every single one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. And if you're trying to bear that burden on your own, you forsake your citizenship in heaven. That is the gospel, is that Jesus says, let me carry that burden for you because you can't. That's what salvation is all about, is whenever we unburden our sin at the foot of the cross and he cleanses us from that. If you're carrying your past failures, you're doing it wrong. So today what I want to do is I want to look at Philippians chapter 3. And in this passage, Paul gives us a press-on mindset. He gives us a mindset that will help us. If, you're, if, you're, if you've gone through any moment of difficulty, which in 2020 we all went through some difficulty. If you've gone through any moment of difficulty, you need this mindset inside of you, okay? So Philippians chapter 3, this is what Paul says. Actually, let me define this for you before I jump in, okay? Because I want to give you some context. We're going to jump right into the middle of a really meaty, theologically meaty topic, okay? And so let me kind of give you some context before we jump right in. Here's what I mean by a press-on mindset. Here's my definition. A press-on mindset is one that moves us out of difficulty... And moves us into God's glory. Many, many years ago, 2000 to 2002, I struggled with really deep, dark depression. Our son was born in 2000 and he had a lot of medical conditions, as many of you know. And we were in kind of this season, it was several years long, this season was, of of coming to an understanding of what his physical condition was going to look like once he got older. I mean, we knew that he had had some kind of brain damage at, at birth, but we didn't know the extent of it. And so we took him to therapy and we did all the things, okay? And as we can, but, but here's the thing that, that medicine can't tell you is it can't tell you what tomorrow is going to exactly look like. They can make predictions and they can prescribe you some things to do to help you for tomorrow, but they can't give you a clear picture of what 20 years down the road is going to look like. And so we kind of had this dark cloud looming over us of how difficult McCoy's journey was going to be. And so the, dark, the deep, dark depression, and April went through this too, but I'm just going to speak for me today because she's not in here to defend herself. <laughs> but the depression that I was struggling with was, is my son ever going to walk again? We had therapists tell him, telling us, we, we literally prayed for him to be able to smile because he went for, uh, you know, most babies, they have these milestones that they hit, you know, they, they smile, they lift their head up, they begin to kind of crawl, you do the, the army belly walk. He didn't do any of those things for a long, 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 long time. To the point where it was really discouraging as a parent. And so I can remember praying as like, God, would you, would you give him the, the muscle memory and the, the ability to, to have control and the, 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 the things that he needs to do to begin to smile and to talk. We prayed for years for McCoy to be able to talk. And then once he started, he didn't shut up. For, and he still has it to this day. It's like, shh. The reason I want to kind of outline some of that stuff is because there was always this huge dark question mark 
over what our future was going to look like. And I can remember getting into this really deep depression and, and really getting angry with God. And one day I was just kind of praying through this, and, 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 and I read this book by C.S. Lewis, A Grief Observed. And I won't go through the whole throes of the, the premise of the book, but basically C.S. Lewis was going through the darkest moment of his life whenever he penned this book. And he was so honest. There, it's basically his diary. It's his journal. He was so honest in this memoir that he wanted to publish it because his friends that had known what he had walked through, they wanted him to publish it so that it could help the body of Christ at large. And he wanted to publish it under a pseudonym, not under his name, under a, a pseudonym so that nobody's faith would be shaken because this great giant of the faith was struggling in his relationship with God. One of the things that, that, as I was reading this book, that caused me to make a shift to get this press-on mindset, a press-on mindset, again, I'll define this for you, is moving out of difficulty and moving into God's glory. The thing that I read in this book that caused everything to change in my mind and the way that I was thinking about life was he had this chapter and he kind of made this analogy and he was coming to grips with this in his own faith. Either I'm going through this difficult moment because God is this cosmic sadist and he really enjoys watching people in pain. Not just he tolerates it, he enjoys watching us go through pain. He's either a cosmic sadist or he's a divine surgeon. And he's using the pain that we walk through to create a story for his glory. And it confronted something in me because my faith was really believing that God was a cosmic sadist at that moment. That God, you don't know where I'm at. You don't really care where I'm at. As a matter of fact, I think that you're enjoying this a little too much. And as soon as I repented of that wrong belief about God and erected an understanding about God, because I, I know this today, now that we've fast-forwarded you know, 18 to 20 years, that God has used the difficulty that we walked through with McCoy as a scalpel in my character. There's no doubt in my mind. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I can look back on that now and go, wow, God, you worked about some tremendous glory in that. See, here's the thing. The journey has been difficult for us, but it's been full of glory. The Bible's promise is all about glory. Letty, if you could put up, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. I jumped to that too soon. This is what the Bible says about God's glory. In, in verse 18, it says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. Another translation says that we're journeying from glory to glory. That is the Christian walk. See, Jesus never said that you won't have pain and you won't have difficulty, but he promised that you would have glory in the process. From one degree of glory to another, we're being transformed into his image. Now, as you think about that, I want you to kind of put that into the context of the difficulty that you're walking through right now in your life. The difficulty that we, as a collective in the human race in this world right now that we're living in, in, in 2020, last year, the difficulties that we walked through. What we're heading into in 2021, and, and this is what I want you to see, is that no matter how difficult it's been... There's glory that's been in it. April and I have habitually practiced this. We probably kicked this practice in our home in last April, right around Easter. 
And as all the difficulties of 2020 were happening, we're like, we're going to have to change the way we're talking about this. We're going to have to change the way we're thinking about this. We're going to have to change the way that we're looking at this, or it's just going to keep getting darker and darker in our home. Hope was not there. And so we begin to talk about what we were grateful for. And one of the things that we did all year long, and we did this again on New Year's Eve as a family, as we talked about our highs and lows from 2020, God has some wonderful glory for our family last year. In the midst of crazy, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of a bunch of chaos, there was still glory that God worked in our midst. And so whatever difficulty that you're going through right now, I want you to understand that if you begin to develop a press-on mindset, it moves you out of difficulty and into the glory. Amen? Amen? So now let's read Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. We're going to jump right into the middle of this. And then I'll kind of I'll unpack some things for you. Paul says this. He's writing to the church in Philippi, and he says, "Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me His own." Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do: forgetting what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal, it, reveal that also to you. Now, two things real, real quick contextually that I want to show you. Verse 12 Paul talks about, I don't say this to you that I've already obtained this. What is the this that he's talking about? He's talking about the glorified state of Jesus Christ's resurrection. See, Paul, in the previous verses that we we jumped past, he's talking about the glory that you and I have before us as we participate in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the salvation that you believe in. Amen? The deposit, the down payment of that salvation is the Holy Spirit living inside of you right now. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But one day you will receive a glorified body. Jesus already has his. If you read through the Gospels, it says after he rose from the dead, he walked through a wall and and set himself in the middle of a meeting just like this of his disciples and showed them his wounds so that they would believe that it was him. He translated himself from one place, one city to another city in a moment, in the blink of an eye. His body can do things that your body can't. But one day you will have a new body. So that's the promise of the gospel. Do you believe that? That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about how he stepped into glory, but he hasn't obtained it fully because he still has this earth suit on. Okay? And so as he talks about not obtaining perfection in, the, in speaking of Christ's resurrection form, he then talks in verse 15, he says, what I want you to do is I want you to develop this press-on mentality, basically. And I'll unpack that in just a second. But then he says something that I think that you should pay attention to in verse 15. Let those of us who are mature think this way. One of the things that we value very deeply here. At GTF, and we actually believe it's one of our purposes. We have them kind of in the room here to, to, to show you is we believe that God has called us to help people discover God's grace, grow in their faith, and reach into the community. 
One of the things that I want you to notice in that grow in our faith is we enjoy being annoying about helping you grow up in your faith. Because listen, if the, if the whole point of this journey was for me to get some, some, some fire insurance and not go to hell, you're missing the point. It's life in Christ. We're going to spend all of eternity with him. As citizens of heaven, there will, be a, there will be a place that we go and we live and interact with, with one another. And so you are developing in your relationship with God. Amen? And so you should not be satisfied to stay immature. Grow up. And one of the things that Paul says is, if you want to get mature in your faith, think like this. Develop this mentality. Your thoughts are very dangerous whenever they are not aligned with the Word of God. And what Paul is saying is, make sure that whenever your thoughts start racing in all kinds of different directions, in difficult moments, that you begin to think this way. So what is that way? Now, if you want to adopt a press-on mentality then you're going to need to get ready to forget and to strain. Two things. Forget and to strain. Now look at verse 13. We're going to kind of unpack this. Verse 13, Paul says, But one thing I do. I love that because it's simple. And I'm just a simple kind of guy. If you overwhelm me with a bunch of stuff, I kind of lose focus and I start looking at other things. And so Paul says, if I'm going to give you one thing, this one thing I do, think this way. He says, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. Now stop right there, because this is the first thing that I want to talk to you about. If you're going to develop a press-on mindset, you're going to have to get good at forgetting. I heard a story recently about uh, an eight-year-old boy who was neglected whenever he was being brought up, and of course CPS got involved and he was removed from the home and he was placed in foster care and, and found a new home. And one of the things that, that really just kind of weighed on me just listening to his story and just, just really made uh, you know, it, it heavy in my heart was listening to how he interacted on a day-to-day basis. Because I had great parents, they took care of me, they nurtured me the way I was supposed to be nurtured. And whenever I hear about somebody that didn't have that same experience, it breaks my heart. This eight-year-old boy, his mom got hooked on drugs, and she was on, I don't know if it was meth or crack or whatever, but she began to date her dealer, and he began to move in, and then drugs took over the home. And his memory, the, the thing that, that, that profoundly stuck out to him as, as an eight-year-old boy was that his, his home completely changed. Of course, his mom had pro- problems before that, but she at least gave her, them some of her time. But after that, his mom would go and leave them for days at a time, and they would be by themselves. Whenever somebody was at the house, they were doing drug deals all the time. And by the time they got home from school, they were shut in their room and locked in their room. And they weren't allowed to come out of their room until the next morning. He said, we actually got, we had food and that, that was never an issue for us. But it's like the sheer thing of being neglected by the person that you love the most, your parent. It does irreparable damage inside of your heart. Here's the thing about that story. You do not neglect the things that you care about. And what does that have to do with any of this? One of the things that Paul says is that he does is that he forgets what's behind. Now, this is what this Greek word means. It means to neglect. Or it can be translated to abandon unto destruction. 
Now, here's the crazy thing about we human beings. Sometimes we get our priorities mixed up, and we neglect the things that we should nurture, and we nurture the things that we should neglect. And as you look at a parent, I mean, I just, Psalm 127 says that children are a blessing from the Lord. They're actually a reward, is what it goes on to say. Is that children are a blessing, and we should nurture our children. Amen, parents? Grandparents? As much of, uh, as, as hard as it is sometimes to raise kids and to, and to do it right, it's difficult. It really is. There's labor that's involved. They're a gift. And we should be grateful for them. We should never neglect the things that we care about that, that, are, that, are, that are a priority in our life. But sometimes we get our priorities mixed up and we begin to neglect the things that we should nurture. But the thing that I want you to notice about this verse is sometimes we human beings, we nurture the things that we should neglect. What Paul says is, hey, if you're going to get this, if you're going to be mature in your faith, if you're going to move out of difficulty into God's glory, you're going to have to get great at forgetting. That word means to neglect. You're going to have to get great at neglecting your failures. What lies behind? I would even say this. There's some of us that need to begin to neglect our successes from the past. Because those past seasons of glory are preventing you from stepping into the next because you're clinging to what yesterday was. There's something inside of us that if you're going to emerge from the difficulty, from the darkness, and move into the glory of God, you're going to have to forget the past and say, God, what do you want to do right now? What's the word of the Lord to me right in this moment? This one thing I do, forgetting what's behind. Now, forgetting does not mean ignoring. I do not suggest today that you're supposed to ignore your past failures. What we are called to do as Christians is confront our failures, repent of them. But once you do that, hey, listen, somebody needs to to listen to me right now. Move on. Move out of the condemnation. Move out of the shame. Move into a place where you retool yourself so that you can succeed the next time. But then press forward. Amen? Now, here's the second thing he says that we need to do is to strain. Look at verse 13 again. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That word straining in the Greek means to stretch out. It means to reach. But to do so in such a manner that you extend fully. The other day I was driving down the road, Dumas Avenue, and it was busy. And I had my phone out. Don't judge me. Y'all do it too. <laughs> and I was coming to a stoplight, and I stopped. And I dropped my phone in between that crack in the seat in the console, you know. And it was a red light. I didn't have to dig for it with, with driving down the road. But it's like, you know, you had, I had that pressure for just a second. It's like, it's fixing to turn green. <laughs> and I got to have my phone, right? Because you can't be disconnected for, for more than five seconds. And so I was reaching between my seat and trying to find it. And I could just kind of feel it right there on the tip of my fingernail, fingernail and, and the tip of my finger. And McCoy was behind me. He could, he, he could hear me struggling. And he was kind of giggling and mocking me just a little bit, I felt like. But this thought, this thought subconsciously began to kind of emerge in me. is like, I can make my fingers longer. And so I just began to stretch my fingers out and you can you can make them longer not much maybe like a fraction of a centimeter but I stretched out and I kind of got it enough to where I could kind of scoot it and I grabbed it and got it before the light turned green 
And so everybody was safe that was around me for a second. Here's the thing that I want you to see about this. And in order to kind of illustrate this, is there has to be a reach in you this year. It's not going to be good enough to just forget the difficulty. See, just denying that it was there isn't going to help you. You're going to have to reach forward. There has to be an effort. There has to be something inside of you, spiritually speaking, where you reach with everything that you have for what God has for you in this moment. I want you to turn over with me to Matthew chapter 12, and I want you to see this to illustrate my point. This happened one day in Jesus' day-to-day life, and and he healed a man. And there's something powerful that happens in this encounter with this, this man who had a withered hand. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 9, this is what it says. It says, Jesus went on from there and entered their synagogue, and, and a man was there with a withered hand. And they asked him, the they are the Pharisees, the religious leaders that are all sitting there watching Jesus and judging what he does on a day-to-day basis. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him? He said to them, which one of you... Who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out. Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out and it was restored, healthy, just like the other. Now, two things that I want you to see from the story of Jesus healing this man with the withered hand. It was in the stretching that the miracle manifested. It was in the process of this man here. And he could have responded to Jesus' question or his, his instruction, rather, in several different ways. But he chose to obey him and to do it. He could have chosen to go, you know, Jesus, it's okay. I don't, want to be, I don't want to make a spectacle in front of everybody. Just pray for me after the service and, you know, this can be totally private. He just did it. And there's something that happens whenever you hear God speak to you and you obey and you reach for something that releases miracle power from heaven. It's in that moment of stretching and straining towards, forward to what God's called you to, to the upward calling of God that begins to manifest miracles. Here's the other thing that I want you to see is that you don't neglect the things that you care about. Now, there's a perfect example of this in this story because these Pharisees are, are sitting there today and, and, and they're in church and they're like, hey, there's this handicapped guy in church today. I wonder, I wonder if Jesus is going to do this on the Sabbath when you're not supposed to do any work. See, in the law, you are permitted to do work If it was a livestock emergency. That's what Jesus is referencing here. In the law, there was actually a provision that if your ox or if your goat or your sheep fell into a pit, broke its leg, you know, it couldn't roll over. I don't know how that works. But it fell into the bar ditch and it was injured and it needed assistance. You could go do work on the Sabbath for that reason. That's the reason that Jesus brings it up. You guys care more about a livestock emergency than you do this man. See, you nurture the things that you care about. You don't neglect them. And so as Jesus is there that day, he makes an example out of what they're neglecting by bringing him forward and saying, if you'll just stretch, 
Just stretch out your arm and lay hold of what I have for you. If you're going to develop this mindset, you're going to have to get great at forgetting and straining. Stretching forward. So this is what I want to do this morning. I want to challenge you to reach for more in 2021. God's calling you to be fully engaged. We're going to talk about that a lot more on Wednesday night. But this is the thing that I want to leave you with this morning is, I don't know what your expectation is of your relationship with God, but I want to call it up. And if you were being regressive already, then great. Let's turn it up a dial. And if you were just sufficient to say, you know what, I'm just going to try to make it till tomorrow. I want to really challenge you to press into what God's doing in your life. Ask him. He will speak to you. We're going to talk about that more next Sunday. So we're going, to, we're going to sit in this for just a little while because if we're going to get what God has for us in 2021, we're going to have to press in. We're going to have to reach. We're going to have to forget what's behind and strain towards what's forward. Amen? Amen. So I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. If you need communion elements, if you'll just raise your hand, we're going to take communion this morning. And, and in doing this... I want to encourage you to forget what's behind. If you have failure that manifested in your life in 2020, I'll just tell you this. It was really hard to get off track, or really easy to get off track last year. You know, there's a, an old saying that says, idle hands are the devil's workshop. And, and, and it's not in the Bible, but I believe it's true. And with everybody just kind of sitting around doing nothing for a long time, a lot of old habits that we've put to death, crept back in. Here's your opportunity this morning to forget what lies behind. But not only forgetting that and neglecting it fully. That's what that means, to neglect it fully, to abandon it under destruction. To repent from that and move forward, there's a straining towards what God has for you. And so what does God have for you in this season? You should know that. You should... Be pressing in to God in the place of prayer and fasting and all the different things that, that are at your disposal to hear the voice of the Lord for you and your household in this moment. And I want to encourage you to reach for it. So I want to ask you to just hold those communion elements out. And I want to pray. You just bow your head and just get in a posture where you can focus on the Lord and listen to my voice. Jesus, would you lead us in this moment? We need your leadership now more than ever before. And so, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever difficulty that people are walking through right now, that you would give them the power to forget. And what I mean by that, Lord, is to not just deny that it's there, but to literally neglect it and move out of that difficulty. And as you give them the strength to forget that, God, and move beyond it, I pray that you'd give them the clarity that they need of the upward call of God on their life in this moment and give them the strength to stretch for it, to reach for everything that you have for them in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.